You're listening to Up to the Mic. If you want to learn about the struggles and triumphs of starting a business, performing for sold-out arenas, or inspiring those you lead, Up to the Mic is the show for you. Throw on some headphones and get ready to listen as our host, Vinny Hale, sits down to showcase the stories of those who deserve their stories be told. From young entrepreneurs to critically acclaimed musicians and so much more, Vinny helps compile a season of interviews that inspire listeners to follow in the footsteps of his guest. Welcome to season two. Sorry for the interruption, but this podcast is brought to you by Footy International. Footy International is a forward-thinking, sustainable apparel company based in Austin, Texas, that creates socks geared for worldwide adventures. The co-founders engineered these socks from plastic bottles to optimize comfort, durability, and sustainability, all with an entirely USA-made supply chain. With specifically added technology like antimicrobial treatment and ribbed sole knitting, you can wear these everywhere you explore, every day. And socks are just a start for this company. Keep an eye out for their new product releases coming soon. Save the planet and your feet today by using code UPTOTHEMIC10 for 10% off site-wide at footyinternational.com. My next guest is a former safety for the Rice Owls football team and is currently training for a career in professional football. He's got a long list of side hustles that bring together his love of athletics and his passion for business. He's an entrepreneur, an academic, and one hell of an athlete. Please welcome my next guest, Naeem Smith. Naeem, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you bringing me on. I'm really excited to get to talk to you today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. I appreciate it, man. Well, um, you're a, a treat of an interview, if I could put it that way, because you were someone that reached out about, you know, getting some advice and talking, not necessarily advice, but talking about podcasts, kind of talking tricks of the trade, because you have your own podcast called Elevated Edge. And we'll kind of dig into that in a little while. Um, but before that, as always on my show, I want to go back and take it, take everybody to the beginning um, before you and I ever met. Take it way back to what your life was like growing up. Tell me about your experiences. We'll share the whole story from beginning to end, and then, then we'll get into some of the stuff that you're up to these days. Yeah, so uh, I'm born uh, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, raised in the Iowa City, Iowa area. So for anybody that doesn't know about Iowa, yes, it's a drive-by state. Um, not much going on there, but I'm located where the Iowa City, uh, Iowa Hawkeyes are located. So like the famous wave, um, that's that's where I'm located from originally. Uh, grew up. Uh, with uh, my mom primarily lived with her and then I would visit my dad on the weekends and I think something that really just transpired from a young age for me was my passion for sports I I was always outside loved uh, just competing and whatnot and I think that really just always stuck with me even to this day so uh, just definitely had a lot of people support me throughout the whole process and I went to Iowa City High School, and I think that's where sports really took off for myself. I played basketball, played football, ran a little bit track here and there, too. And my first love was basketball. So I, I wanted to go to the NBA, um, but I'm also 5'9". So, that, you know, height-wise, height, height wise, definitely against me. But uh, coming around my junior year, I would say, is when I realized that uh, football, I was getting – more offers 
and just looks in general. I, I didn't have many offers actually. I was I feel like I was majorly under recruited, and I feel like that's made me who I am today. I'm I'm somebody that has a chip on my shoulder, has a lot of edge and like grit. Just so, yeah, just because like out of high school, I only had hmm, one D two offer to Minnesota Mankato, where Adam Thielen went, and I was like, I'm gonna take a chance on myself. And so I went the JUCO route. There is a lot of benefits of going D2, D3 or whatever, because there are a lot of opportunities for you to play. But for myself, I just want to take that chance. And I was went to Ellsworth Community College, which is located in Iowa Falls, Iowa. There's about 5,000 people there in the town in total, maybe like 300 people on the actual campus. And it, it was funny. I, I had a good time there, uh, made a lot of friends, a lot of memories. Something that's crazy is, there was a uh, hundred sixty-five guys on the roster before the season started. So, like, yeah, during summer, that's like half the town and uh, wherever you were at, man. Come on, yeah. So it, it was crazy because you know, just JUCO, you bring in a lot of guys. Guys will either you know they come for grades, uh, just wanting another opportunity, you know, getting in trouble. There's just a lot of things that happen. And summer camp, there was like a hundred. 60 guys and then we ended the season so we counted in the room I remember there was 60 66 guys in the room so there was a lot of turnover but uh that was like my first season damn that's crazy that many guys on one roster but man so it's funny uh, that you gave a great explanation gave a great background we have a few similarities there uh first of which you know uh the relationship with our parents I lived with my mom full-time visited my dad on the weekends and then uh, I tell people that I'm 5'9", too, and I'm really 5'8". So, you know, that, that works out. Um, also thought I was going to be a basketball star when I was a little kid growing up. I was terrible at basketball. I don't know why I ever thought that. Um, but everybody's got their dreams growing up. You just happen to uh, go out there and find your love in a different sport. So tell me a little more about um, your childhood growing up. You're an only child. Do you, do you have any siblings or what? Uh, so on my dad's side, um, I have a few, uh, two half brothers, two half sisters. So my oldest half brother, he's, Ooh, he's, Ooh, he's 21. Yeah. He's tw- 21. So, uh, he's a few years younger than me. And then, uh, I have one that's like 11, three and 10, uh, 10, yeah, somewhere around that age. Sorry. Yeah, I'm you got a whole bunch of them. No, you're um, yeah, there's there's four, but uh anyway, uh I'm I'm close to them still. And it's crazy because like I literally have a three-year-old sister, so it's just like, you know, I I don't really see her growing up because really I've been in Houston this whole time. So yeah. I just I don't get to see her. Um, but you know, I'll FaceTime her and stuff, so it's always good. Well, you get to play big bro quite a bit, but let's talk about that that transition to Houston. So tell me. Um, I don't know if you mentioned it there towards the end of your uh, your background, but you went from Ellsworth and you ended up, you know, eventually signing D1 at Rice. Talk to me about, you know, what that transition was like for you. And then also maybe what some difficulties were that you might have encountered during the transition. Maybe it was all good, whatever some good things were. I'm sure it was, a, you know, I'm sure you were glad to be there at that point in time, um, but I'm sure it took a lot of work to get there as well. Yeah, and uh, I definitely want to say that Juco gave me a great opportunity at being able to get a second chance. And I definitely think Juco can be beneficial for a lot of guys. So um, I balled out my first season. I had like four picks. I led the team in tackles, um, had a pretty solid season. 
I just didn't have any offers after my first season. So I was like, oh man, like, is this about to happen again? So I had to come back for my second season and just uh, had a good season. I was ended up being an All-American, uh, JUCO All-American. And it was just crazy because I only had three offers out of JUCO when I thought I was under-recruited again. So I feel like this has just always been the story of just being overlooked or or whatnot. And we just didn't have a good season, both seasons really. Like we were always under 500, but we played really good competition. So anyway, transitioning to Rice definitely was different because I had good grades out of high school and that wasn't the issue. But uh, definitely the academic rigor of Rice uh, caught up and you know, I was small too coming in. I was, I, w- I don't even think I was 180 pounds and I play safety. So, you know, most safeties are probably 185 to 200 plus just depends kind of on the position right. you play, but, you know, just coming in being fresh meat almost uh, it was good. Cause I really, you know, I was away from home really the first time in my life, you know, I'm 16 hours from home. Juco guy, Rice doesn't recruit a lot of Juco guys and uh, had a good group of guys, though, that came around and just supported me. And like, I didn't even start my first game at Rice. And then after the first game, I got my opportunity and just ran with that ever since. So I was really, really blessed. Yeah, that's awesome. I was before you ever said it, I was like, man, we should really tell all the listeners out there what position you play, because when you said five, nine and you were playing football, I mean, I'm sure it. Uh, nobody ever doubts you, but they they might be a little concerned whenever you say five nine playing D one football. But for someone like yourself, like you said, having a chip on your shoulder, you went out there and you really did ball out. Tell me a little bit about your time at Rice. I know the last year you uh, ended up leading the team in interceptions again. I think with another four picks, like similarly to what you did in JUCO. So tell me about what your time actually playing football at Rice. I know the transition was like you just mentioned, but how did uh, how did the actual season work? How were the workouts different? What were the coaches like? Um, some players that, you know, was it a step up significantly in level? How did, how did it work out for you? Yeah, uh, Rice definitely was an amazing experience for myself. I, I think not only on the athletic side, but just me growing as a man. I learned so much about myself and uh, I have to credit Rice with helping me uh, do that first and foremost. But it was a great experience. And uh, like I've gotten to play at cool places, play against, you know, top ranked teams in the nation, just gain experiences and uh, building a brotherhood. Ultimately, like the memories that I have with guys on my team will always stick with me and uh, definitely fortunate. Like we've been in some good battles, like we upset Marshall and some that's crazy. So 2019 was my first year at Rice. And that was kind of like, I got to start, every game besides one. And I felt like I made a good first, you know, first year run. And then 2020 came around and I thought that was really going to be my season. Like this is going to be my breakout season. And I actually uh, ended up tearing my hamstring. I had a grade three hamstring tear. So this was something that really sucked because, you know, you can't do anything with the grade three hamstring tear. You're sidelined, but the season got pushed back so much because of COVID, I actually only missed three games because um, we only played five in our uh, COVID year. And the first game I came back, 
I had a pick six versus Marshall. And that was when Marshall was ranked number 15 in, in the country. And it was just, it made everything, you know, like the hard, like the hard time I had that whole season, just like having to watch the games and be like, man, I, I should be out there balling out, you know, um, with the boys. Um, that was just special because it was like, you know, coming back on your first game for me and Hurt, just definitely awesome. And then the last season, uh, we were just two games away from going to a bowl game and we lost two games in overtime. And that was really difficult to deal with considering I was a senior, you know what, uh, you know, I'd want to leave the guys just, you know, uh, pass down like a legacy, you know, you want to build, keep building as a team. And uh, obviously the, the season didn't go uh, as well as we wanted to be in four and six, but like I had so many good memories. I did have four interceptions, which was second in the conference. So that was pretty cool. And uh is very blessed. I have great coaches that put me in the right position. Shout out to Coach Bloom and Coach Smith, uh, Coach Spencer also. So, yeah. Do you have any more, or would you say that's probably like one of the most memorable moments for you in football is getting that pick six against Marshall and running it all the way back? Like just in that moment, just the feeling's probably surreal. <laughs> I can't really compare it to much, but. Yeah, uh, I, it, it was, it's definitely up there like for personal um, I, I have some really great memories, but that one is definitely up there just because of like that, that year I really thought was going to be my year. And then it was like, uh, you know, set back with while just training. It was just when we came back and it was like the second week and we we're doing a run and it just gave out and it was, it was done after that. But, you know, just stay the course. I, I really learned what it took to, have hard work and dedication, just trying to get back on the field. You know, I didn't, I didn't want that to just be like, Oh, I'm done for the season. Cause ultimately I actually got to play two games. So it was a blessing, you know, ultimately. So anybody that has an injury out there, it's always frustrating, but you do have to stay the course pound the stone is uh, one of my favorite things to say. So just keep coming back to work, whether it's recovery, whatnot, you just got to always take care of your body. Yeah, you you really kept yourself in a in a position to be out there whenever you got your opportunity again, which is pretty admirable to say the least. So I hope that some uh, athletes or anybody really out there listening is encouraged by that and you know has some spark of inspiration to get back out there when they're feeling down about something uh, that might have gone wrong in the past, whether that be an injury or whatever it may be. But I want to transition a little bit. Um, I know you're still at Rice finishing up, correct? But you're not you're not playing football this upcoming year because you're you, you're done with your eligibility. Tell me about kind of what what's up for you right now. What are you doing these days? Finishing up school, uh, working a little bit. Talk to me about today's Naeem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, I kind of want to backtrack and say so. You know, had a had a pretty decent you know season being my last season. You know, I had four picks, whatnot. I think I was either led the team or was second in tackles according to whatever you looked at. Um, really training for the NFL draft became what I want. Cause you know, I, I want to play professionally and I'm still trying to currently, but at first, you know, in December, I went to Miami to train at the shout out Gabe Taylor and his family. That's uh, Sean Taylor's little brother. And so I, he was a safety that was next to me this last season. Um, Cause of um, yeah. So Anyway, I trained with him for a few weeks, got ready for the Tropical Bowl, which I played in, and 
then I came back and started training for real, like for NFL pro day prep. So we had 12, like 12 to 15 NFL teams come to our pro day. We had uh, five guys, including me trained for it and really got close to them because we put in a lot of work. So I would train up at rice in the morning uh, or actually let me backtrack. I would train in the woodlands in the morning. So that's about 45 minutes North of where rice is located. And so we'd have to train at like seven in the morning, have to get up, you know, five thirty-six, drive up there. And then I actually had to take 18 credits this last semester because I'm in my master's of accounting. So I would come back. I'd rush. I'm always like, I was late to class. I have to admit most days, <laughs> but I was hightailing it just to make it to class. Right. And then I had like an hour break in the middle of the day to do treatment and eat. So the biggest thing is when you're an athlete and you're really trying to play at a high level, you have to do treatment on your body, like take care of your body, whether it's ice tubs, recovery or whatnot. Like I was literally, that's your job as an athlete, eat, eat right, sleep, all that, you know, it all, all matters. And it's really more important than the actual training itself. And then I would have another class right after that. So I'd have to book it to the class. Yeah. And yeah, I'd have another training session too with uh, Coach Hans, which he's at Rice, and uh, so it was it was crazy because I really learned time management. Like I was taking eighteen credits, and it was not easy classes. Like I'm like struggling, and my main focus was football. So like I, I told myself before the semester, like football is my focus right now. I am putting school on like the back burner almost, but I I was successful. I had over I want to say I had over a 3.0 GPA so it, it worked out uh pretty well considering you know just the crazy uh structure of the day and whatnot but I also have to shout out Swanson Ironworks because uh coach coach Hans and them uh just made an unbelievable plan for us and uh, it was just great and pro day was awesome cool experience just being in front of uh scouts and whatnot but we can talk more about it if you want no, definitely. So tell me about uh, maybe what's a day in the life like for you now? Are you still training or? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess I kind of went on a tangent, but uh, today I would say still training. So I actually had an XFL tryout a week and a half ago. I went to, I did pretty well. I'm still waiting on the results and waiting to hear from teams, but currently I'm working a internship. It's with BDO and it's a tax position. So your accountant, um, I, I know we talked, you don't really do like the, you know, whole, I, I guess like tax or uh, audit or whatnot, but uh, yeah, I'm doing that. It's, it's been good. It's full-time position and I'm still training. So uh, finding time to do that, trying to get in the best shape of my life. So when I get my opportunity, I'm going to take full advantage of it. Yeah, and I have two classes this fall that I'll take. So really just going to stay in school, finish that up. I'll finish my master's and train and uh, also start some side hustles too out here. So it's been good. All right, let me hear about the side hustles then. Talk to me about what what some of the ventures are on the side you got rocking. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Uh, So the first one we started – it's me and three other buddies. We're all on the Rice football team or previously were. One's in the same position I am currently. And we started 
Let's Start New Wealth LLC or LSNW for short. And we're a vending machine company. And we basically put vending machines at different locations and we service them all free of charge around the Houston area. So that's the first one. And then another buddy and I started a Airbnb company. So we, uh, it's called arbitrage technically. So we'll rent out a apartment complex and then we technically like Airbnb that uh, apartment complex. So it's been kind of a cool experience doing that and also really just doing the podcast. And I plan on also dropping an ebook for football athletes that will talk about financial literacy, but it'll use football examples on how you can apply it to your life really easily. That's pretty cool, man. I like that. How, uh, take me back to the vending machine company. Cause I've heard people talk about this in the, in the past. I've gone down the rabbit hole, just about every side hustle you can have. Talk to me about how it's turned out for you guys and, and how much of a time lift it is and um, really just what the results have been for you. I want to hear a little more about that. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I think anybody getting into the vending machine business, it can be something that is mostly hands off, but it's it's not passive. So whenever people want to talk about like passive income, don't believe that generally just because like if you want to be successful, you got to put work into it. But uh, so far, it's been good. Like we've been operating now like four months. We have three locations, actually four locations, and we're looking at buying a deal right now that would give us like 15 more locations. So uh, kind of crazy, but uh, it's been good. Uh, learned a lot, made mistakes, and that's normal. Like we've we've gone uh messed over by people that we shouldn't have been buying stuff from. It's been a learning experience. Uh, like we still haven't, re- like we made money, but obviously we haven't recovered all the uh, expenses that we have from buying actual vending machines, but mm-hmm. we should be able to do pretty well. And we actually have some outside guidance from uh, people at Rice that want to help us just from the business aspect. And we all have our different roles. So that's kind of how we're starting. But as an entrepreneur, I would say you want to learn as much as you can. Like you should never want to limit yourself. You got to be a go-getter and just want to, you know, get after it. No, hundred percent. I think that's some great advice for anyone out there that's wanting to take a chance on doing something. I know that it doesn't always come at the right time and it probably never will come at the right time to start something. Someone is busy and living as hectic of a life as you are training for professional football, also working a full-time job. He's got like three, four, five, six side hustles. I don't know what you just mentioned, but I mean, like you got all kinds of stuff going on, man. Uh, I don't know how, how you do it all, but I know that one thing I can kind of preach here for a second to the viewers or to the listeners is that if you ever want something in life, there's probably never going to be the perfect time for anything. So you just got to want it bad enough to start working on it regardless of how much time you got. So yeah, I, I love that. And I want to mention that like it's it's about who you're surrounded with. Ultimately, like you're the product of the five people you spend your most time with. And I'd say I have some great people in my corner. I also didn't mention this by better. Um, I've been dating a girl. Her name's Claire. And we've been dating for six and a half, seven or really we've been together seven years, I'd say. So I've been with her since high school. And so she's really been uh, with me the whole time, just throughout the whole process, just helped me tremendously. And my family's always been supportive of me. And so I, I think that really 
is what is important surrounding yourself with people that are going to push you. And yeah, I admit I have a lot going on. Definitely need to do a better job time management wise and whatnot. But I think just being at a young age, I'm just like really want to be a go-getter. I want, I want no excuses of why I'm not successful. And I feel like with me not being able to have been picked up yet by a football team, it's been making me like, since I've been kind of frustrated, I've just taken it out with trying to go out and start stuff like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go get it. I like that. So I, uh, I appreciate the shout out to your significant other, uh, Claire. Glad to hear from you. Glad to hear about you. So tell me about Claire. What has she, uh, does she live in Houston now or have y'all just been doing long distance this time or? Yeah. So for the majority of our relationship, we actually were long distance and anybody doing long distance, you gotta be on the same page. Like you gotta communicate. So this is some relationship advice. One-on-one definitely communicate 24 seven, be honest with each other. Um, so we went to the same high school. We actually met in high school. And one of my mentors is a teacher at Iowa City High School. And I met her in that class. And he's in the real estate. And he like he got me in real estate. So I have to shout AJ out. Um, yeah, but we met in high school. And then pretty much like if you want to call Ellsworth, which is only like two hours away, that was kind of long distance, but then really became long distance when I came to Rice. And that was for you know, a, a good bulk of the time. And she's been here now for a little over a year. So it's been a blessing. I, I live with her now currently. So definitely made the long distance like, oh man, I'm so done to be just uh, done with it now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, I experienced it for a little bit, but it wasn't near as long or as far as uh, Iowa to Texas. So it was three and a half hours or so. So not the end of the world, but it yeah. was, it was a year that I guess uh, had a lot of growing pains, but we're stronger for it in the end and yeah. uh, engage now. So shout out my fiance, Rachel. But uh, so tell me about, I, w- I want to hear a little bit more about the side hustles here. Uh, one side hustle you did mention is your own podcast, which I want to talk about here. But before that, talk to me about what, explain to me this rental Airbnb thing you got going on. Cause I, I don't know what that is, but it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. So it, it's pretty new. So we really have a pretty new or pretty is illegal. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to, but, but you have to make sure you're going about the right way. Cause some apartment complexes don't do that. So you got to know your laws, uh, like be upfront to wherever you're trying to, um, lease or uh, rent from and whatnot. But, uh, we actually have our first one and we're about to start really soon. So we've been putting all the groundwork in pretty much. And I have to shout him out because here, let me show you. Emmanuel Ellerby, he actually is an NFL player and he just came off a torn ACL. So he's been back here with me while this whole summer we've been training together and he's really became close to me or I've came close to him. I see him as a big brother now. And he said, man, let's like start this up. Let's do this side hustle. And he also runs bees believers. So it's a 501 C three. I think that's what it's called. Um, yeah. So he runs a like nonprofit pretty much where uh, it's really cool. We just, he does a lot of stuff to give him back and whatnot. And with the side hustle, it's, it's, about, it's, yeah. it's, it's just all been set up, just making sure that you find good cleaners. So you need consistent cleaners. You should probably get two on the list 
and then you need somebody to manage it. So I'm going to be the one managing it this fall. So if anybody needs anything, like I'm the oops, like we forgot some guy. So if, if the person, whoever, uh, short Airbnb, you know, they might be staying there for a week or a few days. If they need anything, toilet paper, napkins, whatever, like I, I'll come and uh, do that for them. I got you. Nice. Okay. So yeah, you just rent out an apartment and then you list it on Airbnb. I mean, you got to follow, you know, cross all your T's and dot all your I's to make sure that you're yeah. following the rules, but that's the gist of it. I like it. It's pretty cool. I don't know that, I mean, with the uh, rent prices nowadays, you might just be better off buying something, but I, uh, I can see the, the value and that sounds pretty cool, but all right, before, before I talk about your podcast, uh, I want to hear about what is Naeem like off the football field? You talk about the side hustles, the working aspect of it. Uh, you, you know, you did mention Claire there for a minute, but what else do you like to do away from the football field, away from work? Well, what do you like to do in your free time? That's a good question. Uh, really just free time, listen to other podcasts. Like I actually, I went through and like listen to yours um, just because I was like, man, like let's do it. Like I love listening to podcasts. I'd say just reading too. I think COVID year really changed me when we went home because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so my first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and just snowballed a whole bunch of books since then. So I'm really big into financial literacy. Um, I think that's really key to just, you know, put an emphasis on, on that just because, at least for myself, I don't want to work like a desk job till I'm 65. You know, I, I'm really outgoing. I love talking, as you guys can obviously tell. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, just love reading. Uh, working out. That's my biggest thing. It's a stress reliever. Sometimes I'll go to yoga to good recovery, just recovery, chill, side hustles, spend time with my girl. Fair enough. It sounds like a, uh, a very respectable life, man. You sound like you got a lot going on. And if in your free time, working out is what gives you peace, man, by all means, go for it. I, uh, I feel like I try to do that. I think the one thing that might be uh, considered exercise, or it's definitely considered exercise, but that is um, relaxing to me in a way that's also considered exercise would be running. I mean, man, running is just, mm -hmm. I actually read Rich Dad, Poor Dad the other day while I was running, which sounds a little crazy, but, you know, Audible has changed the game for everybody mm -hmm. now. So I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad a couple weeks ago and uh, definitely a game changer. But it's one of those places running. I mean, it's one of those places where, I mean, I can just kind of zone out and the like sweat just kind of makes me feel better. It makes whatever stress I was having just kind of sweat out yeah. of my body. And uh, it's a shame that right now it's uh, pretty hard to do that in Dallas. As I'm sure Houston is not a lot different. I think the high in Dallas was like 107 degrees for like the past six weeks. So anytime yeah. I go run, it's got to be at like six in the morning just so it's not like 95 degrees but anyways, I'm getting on a soapbox there. Let's jump back and talk about you, man. Tell me about Elevated Edge. That's your podcast, and that's what you got. It's the name, right? Elevated Edge? Yep. yep. Talk to me yep. about it. Tell everybody what it's about, what you do, what you talk about, how you started. I want to hear it all. Yeah, so uh, started first because I told you guys I'm really big into, like, financial literacy. I've done internships with real estate professionals, different stuff like that. So it was a buddy and I, so I'm going to shout out Mike Collins. He currently lives in Denver now and he's doing real estate up there and a whole bunch of stuff. But we started the Greenlight Real Estate Podcast and that's officially what it was at first. 
Uh, we did like 15 episodes together and then he got a full-time job because he's a little older than me. So then I took it and I made it my own. So now it's the Elevated Edge podcast. And I, I think it's, it's really changed a lot. And I, I love it because now I'm trying to target athletes, you know, whether it's college or professional. I've dropped a few uh, recently with professional athletes. And it's been really cool. And basically, we're just talking about how you can be a better athlete and uh, like, you know, skills or whatever you need mentality. And then talking about entrepreneurship too, if, if they're into that. So really the main focus is, is telling other athletes stories and also brought, brought on trainers too that talk about techniques, you know, uh, like I brought my trainer on and I actually jumped a 40 inch vert- or 40.5 inch vertical on pro day. So that was something that was, you know, really cool. Um, and, you know, we just talk about how, you know, you can be more explosive, faster, stuff like that. Damn. Yeah, you're getting up there, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's impressive, man. Oh, well, that's kind of crazy. So, obviously, podcasting is a, um, I don't want to say hidden talent, but a second talent of yours. Talk to me on, uh, you know, kind of conversely there. Talk to me about a few hidden talents. What are some things people might not know about you? Can you uh spin a basketball on your finger can you juggle like what's your what's your thing man everybody's got something I knew you were gonna ask this question too and I was like "Ah, I don't know because really I guess my talent is I'm just a go-getter like I I don't really have something that sticks out so you might want to delete this because there's no you're good your hidden talent is still hidden so that's all right but well, talk to me about big picture for Naeem. So I know football is like the end goal, not necessarily the end goal, but right now that's like the big focus in your life. you got a lot going on on the side. Talk to me about big picture as far as just life in general. What are you looking for? What's going to make you happy in life? What, what motivates you? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to hit this point again. Like I think my life really changed when COVID hit. Like a lot, a lot of people, it, it was a sad time. You know, people lost their lives. And like everybody went home, it was just different. Like everything was shut down. Like at least in Iowa it was. And um, I think then I just took it upon myself to just read because I really didn't know what I want to do with my life. And I still really don't know, but uh, I've gotten some clarity with this internship, I'll say. But um, big picture, obviously want to play in the NFL, XFL, just want to take advantage of that opportunity, try to, play as long as I can. I, I love football. I love to hit people. <laughs> I, I love to make plays. Like I, it's fun. Like being a DB is not easy. I mean, you're guarding somebody man to man or, you know, you got to make an open field tackle and it's on you ultimately. Like that's, that's can make or break a game. So I want to play football profession. I'm still going to train. Um, I'd say I want to start working on my real estate license. I do want to become a real estate agent and I want to make that my full-time job coming out. And so this fall, I'm going to work on that. And that'll be like my full-time job while also trying to really build this podcast. I want to make the uh, Elevated Edge brand where I'm dropping eBooks uh, for athletes, you know, whether it's training, whether it's financial literacy, really just targeted for football athletes at first, athletes in general. Uh, so I really just want to work on the side hustles too while you know, working full time. Yeah, it sounds like you got your market down. So that's, I mean, that's half the battle right there, trying to figure out who your 
who you're trying to market to and who you're trying to preach to. And it also sounds like, you know, I'm not necessarily one to give advice too much, but you've got your head in the right place. It sounds like you've got some really high, high achieving goals uh, that you're trying to strive for. And that's really impressive. And I'm just curious what throughout the podcast, you've given some little nuggets of advice and I've tried to do the same, but is there anything that maybe some advice you'd give to someone that is afraid to branch out and, you know, pursue their dreams, uh, whether that be, in athletics or sports or whether that be something else. Um, like you mentioned, you're wanting to go into real estate. Um, it could just be to pursue music or any, any number of things. What, what's some advice you would give to someone like that? Yeah, I, w- I would say never take no for an answer. Like when you're starting out and trying to, uh, you know, build something or whatever, like a lot of people think you're crazy. Like that's, that's okay. And you really need to make sure that you just keep a level head the whole time. Like, whatever happens happens for a reason and don't be afraid of failure. Like I failed millions of times. Everybody's failed. Failure is okay. That's something that we don't teach in school. Like if you miss eight, eight times eight, which is 64 and you say 62 or something like that, you're going to get like, you know, you miss the point, but like it's a learning opportunity. So take everything as a learning opportunity. Uh, that's, that's really important. Just you're never going to know enough to, so Definitely try to educate yourself with whether you're reading or whatever, get some experience from somebody that's already in the business, reach out to them. That's really important to do. Uh, do your research and then you're, you're going to be uncomfortable, but it's okay because, you know, a million people have done it before you and they, they figured out how to make it successful, whether it's business, whether it's just something in life. I, I would just say go after it because you really only get one life. So and your time is finite. It's your most precious asset. Like you can't get today back, you know, after it's gone, it's gone. And a lot of people, you know, when they're on their deathbed, the one thing that they always think about is uh, like when they uh, look back on their life is the things that they didn't do or, you know, spend enough time with family or, you know, vacation or whatever, like they were too caught up in work. Very well said. I think that is advice that everyone should consider and take to heart that we only are here for a certain amount of time. So we might as well make the most of it while we're here. Um, For someone that is definitely someone that overworked myself, um, I I need to learn to step away sometimes. And and it's not as serious as I might make it out to be. I think everyone needs to kind of take that and run with it in a way to really put it into practice in their own life that not everything is as serious as you might think it is at the time. Think about how serious it'll be in 10 years whenever you're upset about something and you will probably convince yourself that it won't even be a memory in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so that'll really kind of be a guiding light for you as you try to navigate your life. But yeah, great advice from you, man. It sounds like you've got a lot of great advice from a lot of different places. So tell me, man, what are some book recommendations you might have? I'm throwing you on the spot here, but you've talked about, one or two throughout the podcast. So I'm curious, what are you reading these days that uh, our listeners might want to get some value out of? Yeah, I do have to admit recently I've been really bad because about reading because I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on just, and then really trying to work on my businesses. So that's been my main focus. But if I was to go like read something specifically uh, pound the stone or chop wood, carry water, if you need like that motivation those are two books uh, by Joshua Metcalf. I've read them both. They're phenomenal books. And like, it's just little, it's pretty much a parable uh, in the books and gives you a story of 
different things that you can apply to your life. So those ones are really good. Um, if you want to get into real estate, there's, there's a ton out there. I would just say any bigger pockets book is really good or just even rich dad, poor dad to start out with. Awesome, man. You've been absolutely great. Tell me if there's anything you want to say to your podcast fans out there, your family, um, your rice house fans, whoever it is, if there's anybody you want to say anything to, if there's anything that I didn't give you the chance to talk about, please feel free. Now uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just want to say uh, for whoever's listening, thank you for tuning in. Also, uh, really, just because uh, I love podcasting, I love talking to other people and just growing as a community. I think that the biggest thing is is that you're tr- everybody needs to just try to better themselves, and it's just day by day, brick by brick. So, just want to say shout out to everybody that's helped me get to this point because there's a number of people I could list off right now, but don't have the time for that. But just want to say thank you very much. And I want to say thank you to you, Vinny, for the opportunity to come on just to talk a little bit about my story. And it's it's been really fun. Good, man. I'm glad. Um, Brick by brick. I heard someone, I had Terrence Murphy on the podcast a couple weeks ago, a guy you should definitely reach out to being interested in real estate. Um, so if you listen to that episode, you might have heard him give the advice of just telling himself every day, brick by brick. That's just kind of the motto he lives. Start start small and eventually you'll get there and that the house will be built brick by brick. And so I think that's something that motivates me in life when I get too ahead of myself. It kind of grounds me a little bit that I need to just do the little things good today and the big things will be great tomorrow. Um, Awesome, Naeem. Thank you so much for being here, man. If you guys listen and want to keep up with Naeem, you can follow him on Twitter at Naeem. Naeem Smith, that's N-A-E-E-M-S-I-S-M-I-T-H underscore on Twitter. Or you can follow his podcast on Instagram at Elevated Edge, all one word, E-L-E-V-A-T-E-D-E-D-G-E. That's Elevated Edge, all one word. As always, guys, don't forget to keep up with us on the podcast here at Up to the Mic underscore pod. We'll see you in the next one. Naeem, thanks for being here, man. It was awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. I'm like an addict, do I gotta have it? I ain't even playing, got a really bad habit.